Hey there, I'm Sasha. I'm a doctor, I'm a mom, and I'm a founder. I believe that women are overwhelmed and exhausted. So I founded a company called Brave Enough. Brave Enough helps thousands of women find clarity, set boundaries, and gain control of their lives. So welcome, sit back, and let's get into the good stuff. In the next several months, we are going to be bringing in some amazing conversations. These are conversations that I recorded with leaders, entrepreneurs, women physicians, lawyers, business leaders, thought leaders, content experts for the summit of 2020. And the conversations were so phenomenal and we received so many amazing feedback. 700 women listened to these conversations and just said, oh my gosh, we want them. We want them more. We want to hear them again. We want to listen again. So much wisdom there that we decided that we would go, we're going to play some of those conversations in the next several months on the Brave Enough show. So If you know a woman in 2020 or 2021, who's like, Hey, I need some encouragement. I need some wisdom. I need some truth bombs. I need some hope. (laughs) Encourage her to listen to the brave enough show. Share that message because here we go with some amazing conversations. I hope you are going to love it. In season three, episode 10, we revisit the 2020 Brave Enough Summit when Sasha talks with board-certified hematology and oncology physician, Dr. Shika Jane. Now here's your host, Dr. Sasha Shilkut. Welcome to the Brave Enough Elevation Summit. It is my honor to have an amazing powerhouse of a woman in medicine today. Everyone in medicine knows who this woman is, and she's amazing, and she is the real deal. Her name is Dr. Shika Jane. She lives in Chicago, and she is a hematologist oncologist, and those of you that are listening that are not in medicine means that she takes care of patients that have cancer, and she leads them through um, a series of of treatments and care for years and years. And she's just a a compassionate, amazing doctor, but she's also very well known in medicine for being a advocate for gender and for equity. And so I have asked her to come on today because I know as someone who shares her passion for gender equity, and we do similar work, that she has had to overcome a lot of critics. And I think more than anything in 2020, we are all having to deal with criticism and critics. Sometimes it's in our own head, but um, it's hard. It's hard to determine that. So I just want to encourage you to listen to our conversation today and just have an open mind when you're thinking about criticism. So welcome to the summit. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited for this conversation. And you are a true inspiration and leader. So talking to you always uh, brightens my day. (laughs) <laughs> well, I feel about you. So, okay. So here you are, you are, you are, have children. You are a mother of twins, no less. You're working in academia. You're publishing, you're doing, you're besides all being a clinician, you are also a scientist who publishes and does research. And all of a sudden you decide I am going to put on a conference and I'm going to become a leader for women in medicine. I'm going to gander to say that that did not come without some criticism <laughs> because yeah. as you and I both know, when women decide to go off the beaten path, um, whatever it is, whatever area of, uh, or field you're in, you get pushback. So what has been like, what has been like the hardest criticism that you've ever had to endure? 
So I would say I could, I could come up with so many, but there's two in particular that really stick out. So one was actually from someone who was really supportive of me initially, called me her friend, said, oh my gosh, you're so amazing. I love all of the things that you're doing. I want to help you. I want you to succeed. And then when she started seeing some of the responses that I was getting, the fact that I was rising in this world, um, not because that was my goal. My goal has never, I tell people my goal is not to, this is not about me. This is about the mission and what I want to do. But that comes with it because once you start speaking, once you start, you know, doing podcasts and, and going to conferences, people start to know who you are. And so she became somebody who I thought was my biggest advocate and a huge supporter. And all of a sudden I started hearing that she was criticizing me and not being very supportive and spreading rumors about me. And it turned into something where somebody who I thought was really on my side and supportive and understood what I wanted to do because she wasn't understanding. I don't know if it was understanding. I don't know what it was, but she just started to really try to bring me down in a lot of ways that I had never experienced before. I am used to women lifting each other up. I'm used to women saying, you go girl, you've got this, you're gonna be amazing. And this was really my first experience with a woman basically trying to make me feel like what I was doing, I was doing it for the wrong reasons. Mm. And in doing so, she put a lot of self doubt in my head and I started to question myself and question she you know she brought up points like well what you're doing isn't going to help your career you're not doing anything beneficial do you really think you're making a difference there's already all these other people out there doing this like why are you wasting your time and then she started saying things like well i just think you're doing this because you want people to know who you are and i said okay and i some of these things she said directly to me and some of them i'd heard other people were saying and so you know in situations like that, it was my first time navigating a situation like that. And I went to my support system and my support system is my family. And I have amazingly supportive parents. I have an amazingly supportive husband. I'm very fortunate. I have three young kids who support me as much as a six-year-old, a two-year-old and a two-year-old can. Um, and I talked to them and I said, you know, this is the feedback I'm getting. What am I doing wrong? Like I must be doing something wrong because the majority of people are saying what I'm doing is great and they're really supportive and they're happy and I'm seeing other people succeed and I'm really happy about that. But I'm hearing mumblings and rumors and words that people think that I am doing these for the wrong reasons or whatever. And my parents and my husband said, you know, what you're doing is very good. It's important work, but you're going to have people who come at you because they either don't understand or there might be a component of jealousy or there might be a component of it's not the traditional path. You're not, you're in academics and you're not being a traditional academic. Your brain is working in a way very different from a lot of people in traditional academics. And so I had to sit with that for a minute and realize what I'm doing, I'm passionate about. What I'm doing, I'm seeing other people benefit from it. What I'm doing, I feel is important enough to put myself out there. But by putting myself out there, I'm going to have the haters, as I like to call them, or the people who don't understand, or the people who just aren't nice. And it's something that if you put yourself out there and you lead in any capacity, whether it's in gender equity or whether it's in a hospital or whether it's an organization, you're going to have people who resist change, people who don't necessarily agree with you. And I'm used to thinking everybody likes me, we're all friends. And so that was a very hard 
reality for me to face that there are going to be people who are going to come at me and people who don't like me. And I don't have a thick enough skin yet. I'm working on it. But that I think, I think that was the first really big surprise to me where someone who I really thought was on my side wasn't. And it's hard. I mean, I'm sure you've dealt with that well, many yeah, times. And I, love, and I want to talk about the fact that there's two things you said that really struck me. The first one is, you know, and this is exactly what uh, this exact same thing happened to me. Exactly. It was someone that I looked up to that I knew peripherally on social media that I really saw as like a inspirational person to me. And then just side, like side blind, like just got, it was like driving down a street and being T-boned. I was like, what? You know, and I thought, um, it took me a long time. One thing you said was you went to your family and said, what did I do wrong? Well, if you're driving down a street and you get T-boned because someone runs a red light, you didn't do anything wrong. But I think that is the first place what we do as women. Whenever someone attacks us or someone undercuts us or someone does something, even if it's bias, we always think, what did we do wrong? Like, I think that's just our natural reaction is to kind of go, well, where did I miss step here? And I think it's really it takes a while to decipher because sometimes we offend people and, and the, you know, they get, we get feedback that's criticism and it's, there is a reason for it. But a lot of times, if you are going to be a woman who speaks up, whether it's at a table or committee or on social media, you are going to invite someone to T-bone you. I mean, one day you're going to get T-boned and you're going to be like, whoa, like, that hurt. And I didn't see it coming. And it's even worse if it's somebody that you know, and that you look up to and that you admire. Um, the other thing that I think is interesting that, you know, you said was, um, you know, at first she was very supportive. And then when she thought, when she, when she saw the result, she pulled that support. Um, I think it's so easy to do that. In, in, in our world today. Um, because I think we're still in that like competitive woman, like there's only so many spots. So how do you, when you're going through your day, when you're going through, you know, when you post something that gets a lot of response or gets a lot of positive feedback, do you kind of brace yourself? Like, do you kind of go, okay, somebody's Cause I know I do like, I'm like, I almost get nervous if a post gets a lot of likes or something I say gets a lot of likes. It almost makes me cringe because I know that that I'm going to, I'm about to be T-boned. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. Do you have that feeling too? I absolutely do. I call it my waiting for the other shoe to drop. So when, um, for example, when I've gotten a paper published or when I've gotten an award or I've gotten some kind of accolades, my husband was like, you never used to be like this. He said, you used to be happy and celebrate and you know, then move on to the next thing. But what's happened to me in the last couple of years is something really wonderful will happen. And I'm just waiting for something bad to happen to counteract it or someone to say something or for me to post something or someone else to post, oh, you know, Dr. Jane got this great award and someone else to respond with, well, she doesn't deserve that. And I never used to feel that way. I mean, I am like the most positive, optimistic. I, I just, that my husband was like, your personality is changing. He said, this is, you're becoming somebody who instead of being happy about your successes and then using it to, to help other people, you have a success and then you think, oh my gosh, 
what's going to happen negative in response to this accolade or this paper. And it's taken mental training, I would say, to start to rewire my brain to what it used to be. I mean, my parents, so, you know, I mentioned my parents are my hugest advocates and my dad is a surgeon. He's been my mentor since I was like able to speak. And they actually, they give me a lot of tough love is what I like to call it, where they are very, very clear when I am doing something that they don't agree with, or when I am, I may be doing something that's important, but I'm losing focus or sight of other things. So I really rely on them as my sounding boards and my husband together, the three of them, whenever I'm going through those types of things, they will often speak up and say, Shika, slow your roll. Like you need to get back to the way you are. Like don't lose your personality because you're in this new capacity. Like being a leader and especially being a leader who I'm not very, very senior. I mean, I've been out of fellowship for five plus years, but I'm not, I'd be considered, I think I'm transitioning to mid-career. That comes with its own barriers and its own challenges. And so I've been lucky that I have this sounding board of, you know, trusted advisors who help me, but I absolutely am just waiting all the time for the other shoe to drop. And it takes a concerted effort for me to go back to the way I used to be, which is, okay, something great has happened. I can celebrate it. Let's move on to the next, the next thing, as opposed to, okay, something great has happened. What's going to happen now that I might get attacked? Right. Right. Well, and I think it's, I, I love what you, you're speaking my language because, you know, whether you're leading in an area that is new, whether you're leading as, as a more junior person than other people perceive you should be or whatever, um, there's, there's always reasons to have self-doubt about your ability or your platform or your ability to lead. And it doesn't have to be on social media. It can be in your workplace or in your community. And I think it's really hard to find a small group. I think that's why you really need, and we do things like this, where we reach out and try to connect women because like you and I work in different fields, we work in different cities, but I know that if I was really under attack, I could call you and you, and be like, this is what I'm experiencing. Am I wrong? Or did I just get T-boned? Like, did I do something wrong? But you need those people because it is hard to tell. I mean, sometimes it is really hard to tell if it's, you know, I remember probably the most hurtful thing that has happened. One of the most hurtful things that's happened to me in the last five years was um, having a social media platform and just figuring out what that's all about. I mean, I don't, I also have a group of women that I lead and I, I, I never thought I was going to be leading like thousands of women in a group. And I, it's not like I took a class where I learned how to do this or read a book. <laughs> Maybe I should write that book. But I remember about a year and a half ago, I was going through something personally that was really hard and um, we were going on vacation. And I told my husband, like, I just, I think I'm going to get off social media for a week, which I have not done, not go in my group for a week um, because I was really struggling with some internal issues that I just needed to, like a week to clear my mind. And my husband's like, yes, yes, yes. Do it, do it, do it. So I basically said, I'm going off social media. And during that week, some, a member in our group passed away and I didn't, I wasn't even aware because I wasn't in the group. And there were several women that were extremely hurt because I wasn't responding to this tragedy. And I was like, 
literally like in my own grief for a different issue. And I was like, my gosh, like, I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm, you know, really struggling on my own right now. I, I'm, I'm just like overwhelmed. I'm not on social media. And that was not the right answer. Like nothing that I could have said, it wasn't about me. Right. Like, and I realized like, oh my gosh, like these women, like I'm leading these women. I don't get to have a week where I just sadly, like that's, I don't get that. And that's, that comes with this job. But the criticism that I received was so hard for me, Shika. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, do they not know what I'm going through? Well, of course they don't know what I'm going through because I hadn't shared that. So I always, I, I, even though that was painful for me, I always think about that when somebody doesn't respond in a way that I think they should, or someone maybe responds in a way that I'm like, that wasn't, that's all you're saying, or you're not really caring enough about this. Because I think, think about what happened to me when I was really going through something personally and I didn't meet everyone's expectations. It's allowed me to give grace to other people. What do you, how do you give grace to other people online? Cause I follow you and I see you giving a lot of grace. <laughs> um, I know you do. So what mantras or what ethics do you stand by to help you do that? So I think, you know, the point you made is, is very, it's very true. I mean, one, I try to exemplify the way I teach my kids. So I tell my kids, like if someone snaps at them, even me, I snap at my kids. I mean, I, I could bring my six-year-old now and she, I'm sure tell you all the times I've snapped at her. But <laughs> like, I think that it's really important to remember that people are going through things. And so I tell my kids, I say, you know what, if someone does something to you, yes, you absolutely need to stand up for yourself, but you have to remember that they might be going through something that you don't know. Like maybe their ice cream fell or maybe their mommy got mad at them earlier that day. Maybe, you know, they did badly at school. Maybe something happened to, maybe they're, they lost a pet. So I try to use that mentality and elevate it to an adult level, which is, Maybe they are going through something really tough in their life. Maybe something has happened where they're not responding the way I think because they're dealing with their own stuff. So I try really hard to give grace, as you so eloquently put. I also, I mean, I do that for people who I don't know as well, because social media is a very easy place to create armies of people to go against people. And I, I mean, it is so easy to get all riled up about an issue and attack somebody and bring your entire army to attack them as well. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times people forget that when you're tweeting or when you're on Facebook or Instagram, the comments you're making and the statements you're making are addressed at a human person that is on the other side. And so I am, um, this is an apolitical comment, but I use Chelsea Clinton as my example. So if anybody follows Chelsea Clinton on Twitter, she is brilliant in the way she handles trolls. So trolls are basically those people who just make mean comments to be mean. Yeah. And so what she does, which I think is brilliant, she's never mean about it. She will respond with, thank you so much for commenting. And if they're like insulting her looks or they're insulting her religion or her politics, she'll say, thank you so much for commenting here are my thoughts on the topic that you brought up. So if it's something about a political statement, she'll put an article or an evidence something out there that is fact. So people who see the comment will read the article and she does it. And, and she usually thanks people and says, thank you for stopping by my page. I'm glad you're able to open up this dialogue or this discourse. 
So I try really hard to use that method because one, then you're not attacking anyone. Two, you're spreading information. And whether you educate the person who initially made the comment or not, there are other people who are going to be seeing what you tweeted or what you posted or what you shared. And so while it may not change that person's mind, it may educate somebody else who doesn't know enough about the topic. So social media is a very weird place where you can put stuff out there and people across the world can see it. So I try to remember that anything I put out there, I'm not necessarily addressing it just to the person who made the comment. I'm but addressing it to anybody else. Exactly. I know. Exactly. And, and I think it's so, you know, I work in a, in a room most of my days where I stand three feet, not even, well, three feet from a surgeon and we're talking the whole time and I'm, we still miscommunicate and we're standing three feet away from each other. And we still, <laughs> she'll say this and I'll be like, what? I thought we were doing this or what? You asked me what? And I'm like, how do people not expect mis miscommunication to happen online? And the other thing is, you know, I just feel like late, like, I'm going to post something that in 10 years, five years from now, two years from now, I'm going to look back and go, I thought that I used to think that like, I think it's crazy that for us to expect perfection now for the rest of our life, like I'm going to change. You're going to change. You're going to grow. You're going to, you know, meet people that are going to diversify your way of thinking. And I think it's really interesting how, whatever you put out there is like stamped forever for, on you as your thought forever. And like, I love when people are like, I said this, I don't believe that anymore. Or I'm sorry. And I love when people forgive them, but it's like, we don't really live in that culture right now where anybody forgives anybody for anything. I'm like, so I'm constantly like amazed going, Oh my gosh. Like I hope that Sasha Shilkut in 2025 is more mature, more wise, little smarter, a little more diverse, a little thinks differently than she does in 2020. I expect that. So I think that we have to have an open mind when it comes to other people, because there may be somebody that was really critical of you in one time of your life that maybe they're going to be your fan next year, or maybe, but then the opposite is true. Like there may be people that really like you this year and they're, they, they don't like you next year. And I think it's just part of social media. It's such a weird community you know it's a great community yeah. and i love it um but it is strange and i think we have to have you just have to have so much grace for yourself and for other people because <laughs> sometimes yes. you're like what like, yeah you know yeah. and sometimes people will send something to me and they're like did you see what so-and-so said and i'm like i don't even get it like <laughs> i don't even chica i don't even understand i'm like okay wait where's the insult like clearly yeah. i'm and then i'm like oh my gosh I didn't even know that was an insult because I don't yeah. even know enough about the topic. So, yeah. um, we're living in interesting times. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Well, and I think the fact that, you know, you brought up the point that you went off social media for a little bit. Like I do that sometimes because I have to, for my mental health, for my kids' health, for my husband's health, like we, we've implemented times where I'm not on my phone. Like I put my phone away when I am feeding the kids. If I'm with my, if I'm with my kids and my phone is on, my daughter knows she's like, mommy, is that the hospital or is that something else? Can you put your phone down? So I think that, you know, it can also become an all consuming thing. So I think taking social media breaks is smart because you're right. We live in a strange time and social media is wonderful for some things, but it also can really bring down your self-esteem. It can bring down your mental health. It can constant attacks can be very difficult. People have been chased off social media because they've had the army of social media, like warriors come after them. I mean, it just, 
there's just so many things that are positive, but there's so many things you just have to be careful about on social media these days. Yes, I agree. And it's like a community. I mean, it's, it's like anything else. Like you, you choose where you go, you choose where you live, you, you know, so you have to kind of, I look at it the same way. Like if I'm spending time on social media and I'm finding myself becoming angry and frustrated and feeling a lot of criticism, I just, if that I control it. Like I don't have to go on it. That's up to me. Yeah. So I have to really be careful, but I love people like you who are so positive and you educate. It's not that you don't educate or tell the truth. You tell the truth. You, you have some, <laughs> you know, posts that are difficult to read and they should be because we have to be better. We have to change. And I love the way though, that you keep it respectful. Um, you're one of the people that I admire on social media. You do an excellent job. So um, thank you for coming on and just sharing your truth with us today. And I feel like, you know, I'm telling everyone, like I invited all the women I want to have coffee with, but can't really have coffee <laughs> with during the pandemic. So thank you for coming on and sharing how you deal with critics. How can people follow you and tell us about your event and tell us all the good stuff? Absolutely. So I am the, um, one of the founders and the chair of the Women in Medicine Summit, which is October 9th and 10th. So if you're interested in registering this year, it's completely virtual. It's uh, www.womeninmedicinesummit.org. Uh, it's going to be amazing because, you know, I, I think it's going to be amazing. Um, <laughs> I, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at ShikaJaneMD. And you can also find me on Facebook, ShikaJaneMD, or Instagram at ShikaJaneMD. And I have a website that's ShikaJaneMD.com. I'm not very original with my with my branding, but it's pretty easy to remember. So um, you can find me and follow me in any of those ways. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on. And I hope today, if you are watching and listening, that you follow Dr. Jane. She's incredible on Twitter, especially. I love following her. And um, that you check out her event. And we will see you in the next session. <laughs>